G'day guys and girls and welcome back to this week's edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian and as always, well, a little bit different to last week, Matt's on the other side of the desk again. I'm back. It's great to have you back, buddy. How was your week off? It's good to be back. Um, yeah, it was alright having the week off. It was uh, nice to be a listener rather than the, the presenter. Yeah, what the did you think? co-presenter, th- I should say. What did you and think, Brody? I, I guess straight off the top, I should say thanks to Brody for stepping in at the last minute. Yeah, he was all right. Um, he argued with me a lot, but I can take it. You guys <laughs> always tend to uh, argue for a bit, and uh, I'm not sure either of you knows how to read a clock either. I, I did notice that the, uh, the time of the first part of the podcast went up to... Oh, I was getting on about 90 minutes, so we'll uh, we'll try but and... <laughs> it's, it's always a good listen, so uh, yeah, thanks Brody and, and great job. Oh, I really enjoyed it. Fantastic. Good on you, Brody, again for stepping in last week. But we're going to jump straight into this round's action that's just yep. been for Fantasy Footy. There was a lot of stuff to talk about, so let's dive right into the uh, Swans and Cats game, which was all the way back on Thursday night now, so feels like an eternity away, but... Uh, Sydney Swans went under the Cats. Cats really uh, surprised me in this one, actually, over there at the SCG. Swans aren't having much luck over there this year. No. Um, yeah, surprised me as well. I think um, Swans had won the last some number um, there, so it was a bit of a surprising win yeah, for me. But, it, it, uh, was, it was quite interesting, actually. But um, it, there were a fair few good scores uh, mm. coming out of this game. Joel Selwood, of course, for the Cats. I mean, he's just dominating this yeah, year. Yeah, you guys spoke about him last week. Um, i got to agree, he's having a great year. Well, he's uh, in the form that he's in, and we've seen Joel Selwood go on these runs before. He's a top eight midfielder at the moment. Yeah, when he goes on one of these runs, he's top four midfielder, really. It's hard, he's unstoppable. It's hard to tell. There's no rhyme or reason as to why the his runs stop either. So we can't say that, look, in two weeks' time, it's probably going to be over because he's hitting this opposition. He doesn't do quite as well against them, so on and so forth. You've just got to, you know, ride the roller coaster as long as you can. Yeah, yeah just enjoy it while it lasts, basically. So, so Joel Selwood, jump on him if you're, if you're looking for a midfielder this week. There are a few others, though, that we'll get to later on in the podcast. Mitch Duncan, solid game. Tim Kelly as well. Are you happy with a 91 from Sam Minigola if you brought him in? Absolutely not. No? Yeah, I know. And, I know. And last week, this was one of the things that I really disagreed with you guys ah. on. You were both very high on Minigola yep. off Hoff. Yep. I'm complete 180. Yeah, you, you are big on Westhoff. I do not trust See, I don't trust Westhoff. I, I just know that at some stage he's going to be a, a key forward and it's likely going to happen at the worst time. But I've been burnt by Westhoff before. Oh, me too. Me too. I don't trust him as far as I can throw him, but I trust him more than Menegola. Ooh, interesting. I, I just like that Menegola plays through the midfield a little bit more. That That's the thing I like. See, for me, the thing is that if Menegola did play through the midfield more, I'd like him more. Oh, okay. He spends too long up forward, and mm-hmm. he doesn't score when he's up forward. He does score in patches as he well, on, I noticed. He was on nine points at quarter time. Yeah, and I did notice that he was on about 64 points, something like that, with all five minutes to go in the last quarter, and he just scored in a flurry. So, that I mean, can... when he does score, he scores quickly. Oh, and it can be a really good thing, but... Uh... Yeah. No, yeah, I'm not I, a fan personally. I get what you mean. I am. So if you're trying to figure out a forward to bring in this week, I do like Sam Minigola. But if you're deciding between Westhoff and Minigola, I can see the argument for Westhoff. I'd, Absolutely. I'd be more comfortable with Westhoff. Yep. And that's even with him being coached by Hinckley, who likes to throw his players around everywhere for no reason. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what Ken Hinckley's doing half the time. Uh, Scott Selwood came back for an 85. It's a pretty solid score from him. And mm-hmm. if he is available in the draft leagues out there, because I, I mean, he should have been picked up last week off yeah, the waiver wire. I checked earlier today. I think he's about 70 or 80% owned. So he's available in a few. Still but not around about 25% many. of leagues that he'd be available in. So... Yeah. 
if and he he has a history of scoring well. Yeah, exactly. So if he's available in yours, jump on. And I suppose that's another reason to worry a bit about Sam Menegola was Scott Selwood coming back into the side. Just I was another mouth to feed. I was happy to see a ninety-one next to his name with Scott Selwood because it proves he can still score generally decently. Mm-hmm. But it'll be interesting to see going forward. Uh, I tell you what, someone who's just been disappointing for the past few weeks is Dangerfield, though. Yeah. There's so many mouths to feed, like you just said, but he's playing up forward. And that's really taking a lot of his ability away to score points. If I'm completely honest, he hasn't been fantasy relevant for me since about round five or six. I haven't looked at him once since then. Ever since uh, he was ineligible for forward status in the, uh, the last lot of DPP editions... It's just, I haven't even considered Patrick Dangerfield. I haven't looked at him since the first couple of months of the year. No, it's... So I don't even know what he's been scoring. He's not He's not playing the right role. So yep. he, he's playing up forward a lot. They are trying, because they brought Ablett in. You know, Scott Selwood's come back in this week. Tim Kelly came in at the start of the year. He's just playing way too much up forward. I've got a question on Tim Kelly for you. Mm-hmm. So I had a, uh, a mate at work ask me about this earlier today. Yep. Do you keep Tim Kelly and play him? Or do you... Because he's still owned by 28% of If you've of still got Tim... Yeah, I'd say a lot of those teams would be ghost ships, though. But if you do still own Tim Kelly... Do you hang on to him and play him? Or do you would you be looking at upgrading him? If it is your last thing that you need to do before you have a... a well, you say complete, you know, in, yeah, in air quotes. In inverted commas. Yeah, the, your, your team's never really complete, but... Before you, you have all, yeah, before you have all premiums on your ground, yes, you upgrade Tim Kelly. If there's someone else you need to get rid of, say if Joel Smith is playing on your field, say if um, you've still got a Hearn playing in the forward line, something like that, yep. you can focus on them comfortably so and leave Tim what Kelly. What about a different hypothetical? You've got Tim Kelly on the field, but you've got rookies on your bench. Ooh, uh, Would you be looking at doing the rookies on the bench first or Tim Kelly? Uh, so if your rookies on your bench have maxed out and you're yep. or they're you're looking playing. at you're looking at someone like a Brad Lynch from Western Bulldogs who's playing yep. very well. Yeah. Uh, Brent Daniels, I was actually quite impressed with his he game. Was, he, he was very later, good, but yeah. yeah. Um yeah, I'm See, uh, for me, I'm keeping Kelly on the field because he's scoring well enough and he's actually still making money. For one more week, maybe. Yeah. So if you want to get in a couple of those rookies who are making a fair bit of cash that are scoring particularly well at the moment, yep, bring them in. You can leave Tim Kelly on the field for one more week, but I don't like the idea of just leaving Tim Kelly as your pre- last, like your mid eight. That's, yeah, yeah, no, that, that's fair enough. Yeah. At some point, you do need to upgrade him, but yeah. I don't know. There, well, there's a lot of mids that you could bring in that I could quite easily see scoring less than him. Yeah, while he has an achievable break even, yeah, you can keep him in your side. If he doesn't have an achievable break even, no, you have to get him out. The, the tough choice is, uh, I mean, Brody and I talked about this last week. Are you going for ranking, overall mm. ranking, or are you going for league win? If you're going for league win, you can probably keep Tim Kelly in your side and just try and improve your team mm. coming into finals. But if you're going for overall ranking and you're leaving Tim Kelly in the side... if you're going for overall ranking, you've already moved him on. Yeah, I would say so. But if you are trying to move up the ranks slowly but surely, mm. you need to get Tim, rid of Tim Kelly. Even if it's to someone like uh, Dane Beams, who's underpriced still, Matty Crouch, who's underpriced still. Yep. Uh, those guys, you could almost straight swap with just a little bit more cash. Um, yeah, yeah. And they have so a higher score. I'd almost be more comfortable with Kelly than Beams. Ooh, then Dane Beams. That's Beams tough. can get tagged and go for like fifty. He can, but Kelly could also. I mean, we haven't. We've only seen one week of him with Scott Selwood in the side as well. That's true. So I guess that's a good point. We haven't really seen that yet. I'd be much more comfortable with Dane Beams than Tim Kelly on the field. We'll move on because we've yep. talked about Tim Kelly for a little while. Uh, just a quick word on uh, Quinton Narkle. Not the best game back from a, a really solid score. Yeah. 
I think he'll keep his spot on the side because he is still that spark and uh, Jed Buse was not particularly great this game either. So if anyone's going to be moved on, it'll probably be Jed Buse. Oh, um, I don't know. I think Buse plays a role. Yeah. I, and Geelong did get the win as well. So there's, they're less likely to make like, Who else are they going to use as a lockdown defender? Yeah, that's true. I suppose. They're not going to put Narkel doing that. No, that's, that is true. It's a complete waste. <laughs> um, for the Sydney side of things, uh, Cal Sinclair, it's a really solid score. I mean, he's having a terrific year. Jake Lloyd, I, it's good to see him get these sorts of scores in losses. That's what impresses me. Mm. Um, you, you'd think of him as the seagull sitting on the outside of packs, and yep. he's only ever going to get really solid scores in a big win. But no, he's doing it in losses, which is great to see. It was good to see. Good mm. to see, yeah. Um, do I remember correctly that Sinclair injured himself at one point, or is he good? Uh, no, I think he's good. I, I I didn't see anything about him injuring himself after the game. So cool. if he did, he probably just rolled an ankle in the game or something like oh, that. Oh, that might be what I was thinking of. Something yeah. small. Uh, Jakey Law. Uh, sorry, we just mentioned Jakey Lloyd. Luke Parker. Uh, is Seriously, me Parker? <laughs> mate, mate, you wait until we get to Dusty Martin a little bit later. That just pisses me right off, but... Luke Parker, good score from him. I want to see another week of it before I could actually How trust this. How many good weeks has he had now? Because I've got an idea he's actually been building quite nicely. Yeah, have a, have a look at that. But he's, I mean, he's still only averaging 92.7 or something like that for the year. So it's it's not enough to actually include him in, you know, definitely not salary cap ability. But maybe after a couple of good scores, you could look at moving him on. Um, so basically he's gone at, oh, what's that? So he's had 112 this week. He had 106 against Richmond after the bye. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a 75 leading into the bye with 118 and 98 before that. So, so better, but still not amazing. Yeah, exactly. He's had a, well, since the bye, he's gone 106 and 112. So mm, that's, that's, good. that's good. I mean, if he puts one more week of that in, you could probably look at uh, if you own him in a draft league maybe look at pushing him on to someone uh, and trying to get a really big, good trade out See, of him I'd possibly look at doing it this week because he's got North this week so you think he'll be restricted a fair bit in his scoring yeah. North are tough to score against yeah. and the thing is after that he's got um, Gold Coast Essendon and then Collingwood yeah true so good. he's got a good run there yeah good call yeah I like that look at getting look at moving him on if you are looking I to, actually wouldn't move him on I'd keep him you reckon you keep holding yep. yeah would you look at bringing him in so would you actively seek a trade to try and bring Luke Parker into your side if oh, you think he's on a bit of a run if I need a midfielder yeah maybe um it's tough oh, it's, it's a really tough question yeah it is because you <laughs> you're really stumped by this because I think he's... it depends where your team's at and what you need. Yeah, I mean, if you are sitting like languishing at the bottom and you have Luke Parker on your side, you, I mean, you'd probably want to keep him because uh, if he does go on a run, he could probably help you out, mm-hmm. uh, and you're not going to get a super player to help you move up the ranks. If you're in the finals and you have uh, like guaranteed to be in the finals and you have mm-hmm. Luke Parker, maybe you look at moving him on for something that you might need to fill another gap in your team structure somewhere. Yeah. Because if it does fall apart again, Luke Parker could hold you back like he has through most of the season so far. Yeah, exactly. Sell high situation there. So we'll move on from Parker. But yeah, great score from him. It does fall away a bit. So from 112 to 87 for Josh Kennedy. That's mm. Sydney do that sometimes. You know, they the it, the scoring doesn't spread around the entirety of the team. They do tend to be like two or top three yeah, individuals that score yeah. really well. A bit top-heavy. Mm. Lance Franklin has been disappointing since coming back. I know he had that injury, um, 
So that's probably held him back a bit. But he was looking like a solid top six forward. Like you had to have him at to the start of the year. start the year, yeah. And I then think he went down with that injury. And he's just then, tapered away. Yeah. I mean, he kicked four goals for <laughs> yeah. 65. So usually if Buddy's kicking a bag, mm. even a small bag like four for him, he's usually averaging or well, he's scoring a lot higher than that. Yeah. So. I, I personally wonder if Tom McCartan's actually holding his scoring back just a tiny bit. Um, because he, Tom McCartan is getting up the ground for some of those big lead-up marks. Yeah, I mean, he's not getting a ton of possession himself, but he is getting around the footy, which leaves Buddy to be in the for, deep in the forward and line a bit. Buddy more. does score best when he is free to roam and do as he pleases. Exactly. So, so Tom McCartan might be having an effect on him. And before we move on, uh, I mean, do we do we have like some sort of like commiseration service or something for Dan Hanbury owners? Do we, do we? I think we need to um, take Hanbury out back and put him out of his misery. Oh god! Do I we... think he's done for the year. I feel like I think he's injured as well. Actually, he's going to miss a few weeks. Is he? Re- oh god! That's just. I, I mean, mean I feel like it goes from worse like... to worse. <laughs> no, you see, I almost feel that's like um, a sympathy, but that's a pity rule type <laughs> thing. Like he's been that bad, we're going to put him out of his misery so he's injured. Yeah, fair cool. All right, I like it. Uh, we'll move on to the next game, which was Tigers Crows. I mean, this was just a. A good old-fashioned beating in the end, 103-56, to 56, the Tigers won. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. they're almost unbeatable at the MCG. They You, you just can't go past them. Um, Dusty Martin was the top scorer. Uh, <laughs> I can see why this would annoy you. Didn't you get rid of him two weeks ago? Yeah, I did get rid of him two weeks ago, and he's been halfway <laughs> decent. You have no idea how annoying... Like, I'm sure there are every single coach out there listening to this has had that one or two players, maybe this year, maybe in years past, yep. who you've held on to for so long, hoping for the best... And the week after, or the very week that you get rid of them, they automatically start dominating. It just rubs salt Always in the wound. Always the way it works, yep. And Dusty Martin, after 114, he didn't even look like he was going to get close to this. Close to around about three-quarter time, or even at the start of the fourth quarter, he was on about 62. Really? So, so he, he was on track nuts. for a half-decent game, and he's gone up, scored about 50 points in the last quarter. He went nuts in junk time. Yeah. I, oh, God, that was so frustrating. Um, and he's still only got three tackles, so he's still not tackling players. He got the two goals, two in there, six marks, so he got around the ball yeah. a bit more. A lot of possessions. Frustrating, but good score from him. Uh, actually, Richmond had a, a much better scoring game. Brody and I noticed That's that last week. That's an unusually large number of people that yeah. scored 100 for Richmond. Jaden Short, uh, Sean oh, Greg like Short from uh, draft this year. Yeah, He's been Short really has good. been a great draft pickup. If you, the if, boat is completely oh, sailed. Absolutely. If you took the uh, the punt on him early in, in the year, though, congratulations. Because he's paid off. You've done bloody well. Uh, Shawnee Grigg, um, too up and down for me. Uh, Kane yeah. Lambert, though, has been amazing in this run home so far. This is what he did last year as yeah, well. Yeah, it is. It is. He's a <laughs> second he's, half of the year yeah. specialist. Kind of like Jack, um, uh, Jack Crisp. Uh, it takes a while to build into the season. Exactly, yeah. Um, uh, Trent Cochin, great score from him. And Brandon Ellis, who is starting to do some good things. But I actually read an interesting article on Ellis on afl.com.au uh-huh. the other day where he apparently has moved in with Cochin and his family to learn how to be a more professional footballer or something like that. Is that creepy? That seems creepy to me. Cochin has like, like kids and stuff. Yeah, you, I mean, I can understand if he was like another 22-year-old like professional year player. player who had his own place and you move in with him. Cochin has a wife and kids. That's <laughs> yeah. And now Brandon Ellis in the corner, like, like on a dog a... bed or something <laughs> like that. It, I hope he's curled up at like the foot of the bed or something. Like dreaming of playing football <laughs> Just... with like legs kicking and shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, God. you can't see that, obviously, because no. this is a, a recording, but I'm just, like, miming him kicking, <laughs> kicking a football while he's sleeping. Oh. 
So yeah, apparently, and that has coincided with his um, return to the team and return to form. So. Okay, well that's good stuff. I mean, uh, watch I found this it a space. Bit, yeah, bit of a weird story, but interesting. It, more watch this space for next year because his price has plummeted after a shocking start to the year, and he'll still be a defender next year. It Something would be to a watch. Ballsy move to start with him next year, though. I it, reckon it would, but he would be mid priced. So yeah. that's that's the kind of risk you take with a mid pricer. Yeah. Um, Dion Prestia, Jack Rewalt, Toby Nankervis, all in the nineties. Great scores from them. Rewalt's uh, another one that's having a good draft. He, he year. is. He'll be taken. Oh, but, absolutely. But he um, he is yeah. doing very well. So if you took him in the draft and you would have got him very low down, really low, you've done uh, well. He was on the waivers in our league. So. Yeah. I, a lot of these guys are gone, so there's not too much point yeah. actually talking through them. 84 from Higgins is pretty yes, good. Yes, actually. Keep, keeper league again, perspective. If Higgins is unowned in your keeper league, he was incredible at underage level in terms of fantasy. You need to get him into your side. It's If he's unowned in a keeper league, it's just mind-boggling. Just checking his ownership. Yeah, he's... Obviously, we can't... Uh, uh, differentiate between keeper league and uh, just redraft. regular redrafts. Only owned by thirty five percent of leagues. You'd say probably half of the leagues on Ultimate Footy would be keeper leagues as well. So it's kind of the whole point of doing yeah, Ultimate Footy. Exactly. So, geez, that he's unowned in a lot of keeper leagues. So have a look at Jack Higgins because he's going to be very good. Um, yep. We'll move on to the Crows. Matt Crouch. Good uh, piece of advice from Brody last week to bring in Matt Crouch. He yep. looks terrific. Um, I, know, I, think, I think both of us pre-season had Matt Crouch as probably third or fourth. Oh, we had him in our sides, and obviously he was one of those players that got injured and you had to move along. Uh, he's do still you, underpriced this week. So do you still think he's going to be one of the top midfielders come the end of the year? I think it definitely helps that Sloan is back in the side at the moment, so it's not just all on Matt Crouch. Uh, he's obviously had a couple of good scores in a row. Uh, he's underpriced. It, all the signs are there. So yeah. See, I, I don't think it matters if Sloan's in the side or not. He's going to win the ball regardless. See, I, he's I, one of those guys you can't tag out of a game. I think it helps. So you can tag him out of the game in terms of getting those extra marks. That's the only thing you can you, tag him out of. You can take him from 35 touches down to like 28 maybe. Exactly. He's still going to be cracking a ton though. But the amount of handballs he gets, thirty. it's similar to Lockie Neal. Uh, 35 down to 28 might be the difference between 117 this week and maybe a 98 or a, or a 100 or something. Yeah, something no, that's fair. Something stopping him getting that truly premium that's, score. That's true. For me, he's definitely one of the top guys coming into the year. I do love him. So if you want to bring him in, absolutely yep. green light for that this week. Uh, Rory Sloan, great for draft leagues. Hopefully you held on to him if he can hold this sort of form up. We yeah. know his difficulty with the tag, though. Yeah, and I don't know that he had a... Well, Richmond don't really tag. No, so. they don't. They they sort of play close at the stoppages and then they break away. Um, that's how they yeah. move the ball. He's got, who's he got next week? Um, Cats, who also don't really tag. So. No, that's true. So, yeah, he might have a little bit of an open game there. Yeah, no. so we'll see how he goes this week. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Uh, Rory Laird, oh, it's good to have him back. It, it, <laughs> I just feel so safe with Rory Laird in my side. It's yeah, he's set and forget. Comfortable. And and Tommy D, he's the Rookie of the Year. We talked about this last week. Rookie of the Year. I agree, yeah. I'm, he's just been so good. I'm, I'm absolutely awarding that because he's he's been terrific. Um, and then, yeah, it does drop off. There's a lot of draft players from this point on. Obviously, Sammy Jacobs, it was a solid 94 from him. Mm. Uh yeah, not too many others I really want to highlight. Yeah. But Bryce Gibbs. Did you guys talk about him last week? We did. I he can't was, remember. He, yeah, we did talk about him. He was one that we thought that you could bring him to your side. That's a disappointing score from him. 92, you'd be expecting higher. But it's one of those scores where, you know, 
it's not terrible. There are a couple of premiums or players that we mm. assume are premiums that scored a lot worse this week than yeah. a 92. You'd That's probably true. be happy with that. That's true. Do you think Sloan coming back in helps him? I, I think it would help him more than it would help Matt Crouch because mm. Brat, um, Bryce Gibbs can get onto the outside a fair bit more. I agree, yeah. And Sloan gets tagged ahead of Gibbs for me yep. in that Adelaide side. Yep, agreed. So he's owned by twenty point seven percent of teams, mm. seven hundred two thousand. His break even is one hundred twenty nine. So if you don't have him yet, but you're interested in getting him, give him a week because you'll probably drop a bit. Great idea. Uh, we'll move on to the next game: Brisbane versus the Blues. Um, I mean, it's great to see Brisbane get up because they're the perennial underdogs, and you mm. want to see them do well. But the Blues have just been woeful <laughs> this year, and I thought there was going to be at least a little bit of improvement. So I was expecting them to be, you know competitive this year yeah I, I mean I wasn't expecting them to win a lot but competitive like similar to what Brisbane were doing at the start of the year where they were losing but they were losing by very close margins yeah. the, I, I think I read somewhere that the Blues are doing just as poorly this year as the early Fitzroy teams like those mm. the or the, the, the end of Fitzroy's. the Fitzroy days yeah they're just ugh, not good no. um, from a fantasy point of view Brisbane went absolutely <clears throat> mental wow that is what one two three four five six seven eight Jeez. guys scored above the top scoring That's blue absolutely intense and um, they are all tons yeah Tommy Cutler we've, we've got a question about him actually so we'll Topic talk about him a bit shortly. later but that was yep. a brilliant 142 he's an 14 amazing marks. draft guy oh. 14 marks now, he's he, seen... he 28 touches you'd think for 142 he'd get more of the ball than that but three Brisbane players uh, got more than 11 marks for this game mm. more, sorry more than 13 marks we have Tom Cutler on 14 Darcy Gardner on 15 Luke Hodge on 13. Like, Jeez, that's fantastic. Absolute spanking. Um, Dane, Dane Beams, you mentioned that you were hesitant on him, but he has when, gone 133. When it all lines up for him, though, this is what he can do. Exactly. He, I mean, he's, for me, he's too risk-reward for me. Yeah, so I know that you're a safe player. You don't like taking those bets, but... Uh, I, no, no, I don't mind doing a couple in my team, mm. but I don't like having too many in there. Yeah, and and you, he's not one of my first picked for that sort of role. I've got you, I've got you. Um, I, I mean, I like it this week because he is underpriced. It, it'd be a hard call to make if you were choosing between Dane Beams and Matt Crouch, but I would lean towards Matt Crouch. That, would be, that would be my choice. Me too. Um, so Beams, actually, they're pretty much exactly the same price, 706000 mm. Beams, though, is owned by 4.95%. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, no, that was Gibbs' up price I was thinking of. Not uh, Matty Crouch. Not, not Matty Crouch? Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, 706,000, 4.95% owned. So he's a, he's a real point of difference. Oh, yeah, he absolutely is. Um, uh, yeah, like we just mentioned, Darcy Gardner Ooh. had a great game, but he's a de- not a draft player even. <laughs> yeah, actually, just back on Beams, the other thing mm. in his favour, he is playing at the University of Tasmania against Hawthorne this week, Ooh. which is a fantasy gold mine. That is a fantasy gold mine. Interesting. And Hawthorne don't really tag either. No. I love it. Bring in Dane Beams. <laughs> he's good. He's it's a great a, option. He's a definite option this week. Um, how good's Witherden been this year as well? Like, second, who, who, second year Blues what? He, no, he is incredible. He did start the year slowly. Yeah, but, it, it, but it's he's overall. He's coming home very strongly. It's overall. Um, and Brisbane started the year a little bit slowly as well. So Yeah. It, but, I mean, I guess he was pretty expensive to start the year with his mm-hmm. salary he was he would have lost money you probably would have moved him on you probably wouldn't have jumped back on so he wouldn't oh, really be a salary not. guy this year and in draft there's a chance that he would have got traded or dropped because he would have been taken pretty early yeah absolutely so I mean I think that slow start of the year probably did cost him a lot mm. um, from a fantasy perspective yeah. 
The rest of the team are Dane Zorko, Luke Hodge, Eric Hipwood, and Daniel Rich all broke the ton as well. Great games from them. Mm-hmm. Luke Hodge has been sneaky good in the last few weeks as well. He's gotten a couple of big scores. He has, yeah. So I, I don't know when he gets rested next. I don't know if he gets rested next either. He might know. play out the season because, you know... Every game is gold at this point. Exactly. And every single <laughs> win is important to Brisbane because they're trying to build culture. And yeah. Luke Hodge is there to help them build culture. <laughs> culture. Culture. <laughs> so, I I think he might actually play out the season. So, if you own him in a draft league, you are set for yep. the rest of the year. Make sure that he is on your field. Um, we mentioned last year, Hugh McCluggage is having an amazing year as well. He's last a week. terrific young player. Uh, last week, yeah. Last week, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I, he's, you can see he's been building quite nicely all year. Started the year off with, I think, some 60s and 70s. Yeah. Um, high 70s and 80s through the middle of the year. And now he's really starting to pull out a few 90s. And yeah. I think he's had a ton last week. He did. Yeah, so, so he, he's had a ton, I think, two weeks um, previous to this game, and he scored a 91 <laughs> this week. So, uh, like I said with Brody last week, it's going to be a fair bit of clamoring for uh, Hugh McCluggage. He's going to go up the draft order a fair way, because he will be forward, I suggest, next year Yeah, still. he plays sort of that half-forward flank role. So he does. I agree. He sneaks in for a few goals. Uh, the only two sort of disappointments for me in this game, I mean... Uh, you'd like to see Steph Martin be one of those players that gets that really big score in this sort of fantasy frenzy. But he was playing Cruiser, who yeah. is that? Who, who's a similar he's sort good. of around-the-ground player to him. So they sort of cancelled each other out there. Yeah, I'd actually be okay with 96 from Steph. You're probably happy with it, um, considering Cruiser got 79. Uh, the other one was Cam Rayner, who, like, he had an amazing score last week. He is a first-year player, though. Ups and downs. Yeah, I had highlighted this game as one where he could really go nuts, though. Yeah. Like, Brody and I spoke about this last week before he came <laughs> on, and he was going to be both of our riskets. Yeah, we, so. did, we didn't have time for riskets last Last week, but I believe your riskets were something on the lines of Cam Rayner and Nick Robertson. Uh, um, that's a, that's who Brody that's was who thinking Brody of. Was gonna, I was going to go Rayner, and I can't remember who my second was. I had a couple of options, yeah, but unfortunately, both of those guys scored under sixty anyway for yeah, Brody. Which so, is good, good which for Brody. It's lucky that we ran out of time because so he doesn't have the greatest uh, history with risk it for the biscuit have a picks. Great track, track uh, record. No. We'll jump over to the Blues. Uh, Dale Thomas was the only one to crack the ton, but he has been fantastic this year. In that new role, that halfback yeah. intercepting role. So he had seven marks, six tackles. Uh, I mean, he's just doing terrifically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he would have gone undrafted as well. So know, someone yeah. would have picked him up in your league off the waiver wire and would be very pleased and with we'll, the result. Oh, God, you'll just be so pissed with them. <laughs> um, Paddy Cripps, I mean, that's a solid score from him. And then it just completely drops off. It flattens out for the Blues. There's nothing yeah. too big to speak of positively. The big one for me is Ed Kernow. If you don't have a lot of the other issues that are going on, move Ed Kerno out of your team if immediately. If you've still got him. If you've still got him. I've still got him. Have you still got him? I moved him on last week. Ah, ah. I well, switched him out for sidebomb. Ah, I've, I already had sidebomb in my team. No, I had two injuries last week that I had to deal with. Sucks to be you. Yeah, it does. They're, so, uh, Kerno is 649,000. He's owned by 13.6% of teams. Break even of 144 mm-hmm. this week. So, um, there's no way he's going to make that. Oh, no, absolutely um, not. Well... Yeah, he's playing Saints, but even so. I, I just don't know anymore with Ed Kerner. At the price that he's at, he's going to get to the point where you can't actually get a premium for him. So you, you need to move now. If you've got a teeny bit of money in the bank, you should be able to sideways trade to someone along the lines of Matty Crouch, Dane Beams, like we just talked about. Uh, yeah, you'll maybe, need about 50 to 150k yeah. to get someone. Yeah, so get someone really good. I mean, if you're looking to go to the top of the top of someone who would be a bit more available, like maybe Gaff or Pendlebury. Yep. 
uh, you're going to have to pay a lot more. But there are more underpriced guys as well. So Matt Crouch is definitely one to look at in that yeah, sort of agreed. scenario. Um, uh, so, yeah, Ed Kernow we just mentioned. Uh, I suppose, like, like I say, the rest are mostly draft guys. We probably don't need to mention them because it was just a poor game from Carlton. So yeah, probably not. There's, there's nothing too much um, to bring up from there unless you spotted anyone you want to have a quick chat about. Oh, uh, not really. They're, they're just draft type guys. But at this point of the year, there's not a lot of point talking about them. Mm. And guys, if you ever have any questions about a particular player as well, don't hesitate to yeah. uh, just send us a tweet. Uh, we're at Extended Bench AU. You can just flick us a message and say, look, what do you think of, say, uh, Caleb Marchbank or, you know, Logan Austin as a Speaking youngster? Speaking of Marchbank, he had an elevated blood pressure or heartbeat or something. Interesting. So there is a chance he may miss Of course, because that's what Caleb Marchbank does. He misses games. <laughs> he misses games. He Apparently had... he went to hospital after the game. Did he really? Yeah. That's, that's very he interesting. He had a high heart rate or something and they were a bit concerned. I hope he doesn't because that's uh, you don't want to see two players who have good sort of fantasy capabilities. Like mm. um, Obviously we lost Robertson, um, Robertson earlier mm. this year from the Saints and Caleb Marchbank. Any, losing any player to that sort of thing is just really... Really, really tragic. So yeah. hopefully uh, he just gets back on the park as soon as possible. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh, we'll move on to the next game, which was the Power versus the Saints. Saints put in a sort of competitive effort, but just were never going to get there in the end against the Power. Yeah. Power uh, too strong. Yeah. Tommy Rockliffe, top scorer. Good to see, but to be comfortable, you want to see another week or two. Yeah. I... Yeah, yeah, see, I, I know you're not big on Rockliffe like, at all. I, I bought into Rockliffe. I said, no, I'm just going to leave him in the side because I know what he can do. I know what his abilities are. Yeah, absolutely. If you've got him, you're in for the long haul now. Yeah. You've, you've got him for the year. Absolutely. But 114, really good showing. And the important thing for me here was he was getting around the ground. He got those eight marks. So if he can put that to... He only had three tackles in this game. If he can just combine those two part of his game... Yeah. Yeah, you so know, was he playing midfield? Yeah, then? he was yeah. playing midfield. He was he wasn't really playing up forward, cool. so cool. that was terrific. He has see. Frio this week, yeah. um, so that's a pretty good sign for mm. him. Uh, please ignore that 112 from Stephen Motlop, everyone out there. Stephen Motlop is like a boat. He's just a money pit. He's a fantasy pit. <laughs> he he'll have one good game every now and then, and yeah, I, I'd he's, say probably this year he's been going at maybe one every. Four weeks or oh, so. If that, maybe one every six. He's averaging 66 on the year, which is well but below when, what a lot of people he thought he might. doesn't play well, he plays really badly. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's not mean, great. I'd say in the second half of the year, he's probably going mm. one a month or so. Justin Westoff proving that he's a top six four with another 111. Terrific player. Uh, Jared Pollock <laughs> as that probably Stephen Motlop sort of complex. He was going amazingly at the one point during the year. <laughs> Uh, his average got wrenched down to 91 after a, a terrible run, and he's just yep. won 107. So yep. he's, cla- he's a good draft guy. Classic wingman, sort yeah. of. You, he's ups and downs. Yep. Um, uh, Chad Wingard? Wingard is interesting for me. You, you, I mean, I've still got Wingard in my side after bringing him in as that mid-price through the buys. I don't know if anyone else does, though. So before we have a long conversation about him... Yeah, we'll have a little bit of a look at his he's ownership. He's owned by 11.75%. So he's owned by a lot of the comp. Um, so is that is that worthy enough to actually talk yeah, about yeah, it? Yeah, let's talk about him for a minute. All right, Wingard. Uh, $593,000. Um, break even of 72 this right, week. Keep him in your side, absolutely. He's either going to make you cash and he's on a good roll, yep. or... Um, I mean, even if he does, like, uh, doesn't perform quite to true premium standard, mm. you can bring someone in in a couple of weeks who will replace him. Yep. If you are strapped for cash, would you look at him as a stepping stone in your forward line? Oh, this week. So getting him out this week, I wouldn't want to get him out this week. No, bring him in this week. I'll bring him as in as a stepping stone because he is five ninety. 
Yeah, I don't mind it. If, if you don't if have you, them already. If you've got a, a Guelphie or an Apennus or something and you can't quite afford to, to bring in just a Westoff or um, someone like that, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I like it. That's a that's a really good idea. Because you'd be comfortable hanging on to him for a few weeks if something else came yeah. up. And even if, uh, you, you know, I never you never know how it's going to turn out because he can, if he plays through the midfield like he has been, he can continue pumping out these sort of scores. If he continues like that, he is a top six forward. Mm. These sorts of scores are absolutely top oh, six. Oh, yeah, I agree. So... There's too much upside for me to miss out on him. Yep. Uh, yeah, anyone else you really want to talk about there? Uh, let's see, they're pretty much... There's a lot of draft guys yeah, on the court side. We just don't talk about Robbie Gray really anymore because, I mean, it's yep. such a, a really solid scoring side. Right. He still only managed an 83 and he is playing up forward way too much. So Yeah. Um, Ollie Wines is the other disappointment, actually. Ollie, we actually mentioned probably a month ago now yeah, I think you were very, you were very big on Ollie Wines. I was uh, because he had had those three amazing one hundred and thirty point and games. They've got a really good run home, and he was looking terrific as well. But he and I actually thought at the start of the year he was going to put it together this year. He was going to yeah, be well, a pre- true premium preseason. You said you thought he was going to average more than Rocky, which Rocky, he still might, which he still might because, but because not necessarily run. through his own no, no through his own doing just yeah. through Rockliffe's terrible start to the season yeah uh, yeah it's just disappointing from Wines if you do still have him in your salary cap side you need to offload him if you have him in a draft league leave him in there because he'll probably upswing at some stage you just as, don't as know as I said when. they do have a really good run home absolutely uh, for the Saints Dave Armitage top scored He's uh, he's been doing very well since he came in as, he's been back what four weeks yeah three or say? four weeks I now I think he's turned up two or three of them and the other one was like a 90. Yeah. So, yeah, he's... He's been doing very well. Yeah. Draft, um, draft only, obviously. Absolutely. But really good to see. If he is available on the waiver list, go out and grab him. Yeah. Uh, Jack Steele, solid score from him with 95. And then, it, I mean, uh, it drops off from there. I did like the comment last week that he lives in the, um, the Heaney zone. He does live in the Heaney zone. That's basically where he is. The Heaney yeah. zone is a thing, guys. 95 to 100, that is the Heaney zone. Yeah. Um, we, might, we might push it. The Heaney zone was... 95 to 102, 103? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, maybe we'll go, we'll go with that. The <laughs> um, and the Heaney zone was there. zero this week, obviously with him uh, him missing through concussion. Of so course, yes. hopefully Isaac Heaney is back this week because oh, with that in addition to we didn't even mention uh, the earlier game the fact that Cade Simpson was a late out, oh, which just would have would have given either a lot of people donuts or leave left them with a fifty point sort of game from uh, a Josh Smith type player. Yeah, I had Josh Smith. Uh, so yeah, that's it's just disappointing when those players are last minute outs, especially a lot of players as they get to this end of the the competition. You'll have fully upgraded some of your team and you might have some non-playing rookies on your bench. Yeah, because you're scraping for cash everywhere. Exactly. Can. So that's the worst when there's a late out. Um, it just goes to show, though, the importance of actually, as much as possible, mm-hmm. trying to have those playing emergencies yeah. because otherwise this sort of thing happens, particularly this time of the year mm-hmm. when um, the older players start to get a little bit sore and teams are set for finals and they start to rest people. And Yeah. Uh, yeah you'll see a lot more late outs. Absolutely. Uh, we might move on from this game, actually, to the uh, the next one, which was uh, Bullies versus Hawthorne. Jeez, Hawthorne spanked them in the end. Mm. I mean, 122 to 59. This was a an old-fashioned thrashing. And the highest score for the round was Lukey Bruce, someone that you wouldn't normally think of as an amazing scorer in fantasy footy. 
No, he had that good month and a half earlier this year. Oh, he's had a good month. And then, but then he went he quiet for about a month. And now did. he's just gone absolutely nuts. He has gone on a tear. Com- so. Completely disregarding the theory we had that he couldn't do this when he had Puapolo and Gunston inside yeah. with him. So uh, prior to the bye, he went for his three games before the bye, 50, 45, and 63. And that was with um, Puapolo coming back into the team for those three yeah. games. Uh, his post by games have been 95, 108, 105, and 151. That's crazy. That is a tear. So That is nuts. What sort of ownership does he have for um, Ultimate uh, Footy? For Ultimate Footy, I don't have that listed here. But I'll figure I, it out. Yeah, yeah, so if you have a little bit of a look at that, I, I'd i say he's he's gone from every single waiver list because yeah, he's, he's been so. on too good a tear. But, I mean... This is probably the sell high moment for Luke Bruce. If you you yeah. I I wouldn't hold on to him at the moment because he does have a tendency, like we said, to drop off. Mm. He has just scored 151. He has market value. Go out and get something great for Luke Bruce if you own him in a draft league. Yep. Yep. Ninety five percent of Ultimate Footy leagues. Love so it. yeah, he's he's gone everywhere. Uh, I mean, six goals too. He was terrific. I think he he scored about sixty points in the first quarter or something <laughs> stupid. Um, from nuts. four goals in the first quarter. That is nuts. Um, Isaac Smith had a really good game for 122. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, just to list off some of the other tons, uh, James Sicily, top six back for sure. Uh, Daniel Howe, that was good from him for a draft perspective. Jared Ruffhead, mm-hmm. he's returned to form. He's been pretty woeful fantasy-wise this year. He's been really average, yeah. Uh, Jack Gunston, 111. Liam Shields and Ben McAvoy all cracked a ton as well. But McAvoy just, is going to be out for a few he weeks. is, yeah. What did he end up doing? Was it a... Uh, it was, I'm going to say, a cheek fracture. Yeah, I think... Yeah, it was a like a facial sort of injury. I just yeah. can't remember exactly what... Time, um, so he's going to miss at least a couple of weeks. You'd okay. think the downside of this game was unfortunately Tom Mitchell. So mm. Tom Mitchell was tagged by Dunkley, who is a, a good midfielder. We all know yep. what Dunkley can do, um, and scoring well off the tag himself. By the way, yep. Josh Dunkley. Yes. But it's yeah. I mean, we know that even Tom Mitchell's tagged game sometimes that ninety six. You're yeah. unhappy with because you're captaining him pretty much every week. Yeah. But it's not as bad as it could be. Exactly. I mean, it's he's not getting 55s and 60s and that sort of yeah. thing as and regularly when he's he got tagged. And look what happened. Yeah, exactly. Hawthorne went to town anyway. So, so, which is a really good sign because you'd think that. Uh, I mean, I've said this so I, I many times have before. Mitchell. I would much rather Mitchell get 50 possessions than uh, Isaac, Isaac Smith, Smith get 30. Yep. Like, if Isaac Smith gets 30, Hawks pretty much win the game. Yep. If Tom Mitchell gets 50, I'm pretty sure they lost last week and Tom Mitchell had 50 disposal. I'm pretty sure you're right. Yeah. So why they tag Tom Mitchell, I just have absolutely no idea. Oh, yeah. He is a very good player and he does do get yeah, damage with those he disposals. He is damaging, but not as damaging as some other players. Not, not in the game sense. Her disposal. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, Tom Mitchell, just really disappointing from him, but yeah. uh, he will bounce back this week, I have no doubt. Likewise. O'Meara is... Continuing his good run of form there. Doing very well. Um, I don't really know there's too many other people to talk about. No, we might move on to the Bulldogs. Uh, it's good to see Jason Johannesson actually doing well. He, he was picked up mm. in a lot of draft leagues last year. Um, or the start of this year, I should say. Yep. And, yeah, I mean, that's a good score, but he's he was averaging under 70 before this yeah, round. He's, and he's not really fantasy relevant at this stage. There's not a lot of Bulldogs that, I mean, there's probably four or five that are, and I then might. the rest of them are really deep draft league yeah, guys. Yeah, I'd say there's... A couple, yeah, a couple salary cap, and then there's a couple more draft, and then the rest. And then it falls. Yeah. 
Falls um, away pretty quickly. Uh, Josh Dunkley, we just mentioned, 109. He's one of those draft guys. Doing very well. Uh, Hayden Crozier, if you picked him up, great job because he is making making a fair bit of cash at the moment. So for me, he's almost in the same boat as Wingard. See, Wingard, I I trust Wingard more. Yes. So you're gonna you're also probably gonna make more money from Crozier. I think Crozier is about 100k less than Wingard. Uh, about the same actually. 493. I thought Wingard was 590. You were right. So yes, is exactly 100. So uh, yeah, about 100k less. But you're probably leaning more towards with Wingard keeping him in your team. You're hoping yeah. that he keeps this form up. Whereas with yeah. Crozier, he you're is hoping a stepping he, stone. You're hoping he makes another hundred k so you can trade him on to someone like Westhoff in the future. Yep. Um, Breaking of thirty six. Yeah. Owned by one point zero four percent of teams, which I think is you, me, and Brody. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's um, Lockie Hunter has, I mean, realistically, just doing Lockie Hunter things. He scored one hundred and six. I'm pretty sure he scored about 40 in two of the quarter, like two of the quarters each, so 80 points total yeah. from two quarters, and 26, you know, from, the 26 from the other two. Yeah. It was, it's really confusing. Uh, Toby McLean, don't worry about that score, 84. He's still a top six forward. Yeah, only he's, three tackles there. Usually gets quite a few more, and that bumps his score up. He's fantastic. Um, Marcus Adams, keep an eye out for him if you're desperate for a defender in draft leagues. He does yeah. have an ability to score pretty well. Yeah, but... On the other hand, he does have a history of injuring himself in bizarre and amusing he ways. He does. So it's just a last-minute waiver wire pickup if you're desperate for someone to fill in. But yep. with the ball being in uh, the Bulldogs' back line a fair bit, he does get those chip, uh, little chip plus sixes, intercept mm. marks as well. So just keep an eye out for him. Uh, Brad Lynch is a really, really mm. important player at the moment. If you're desperate for a rookie, someone who can actually make some money until finals... Yep. He's he's one of the players yeah. to get in. Two hundred and twenty nine thousand mm. um, breaking even is negative eleven, oh. and owned by eight point six percent of teams already. So, and he's one of the better performing midfield or oh, uh, halfbacks at the moment for the Bulldogs. So he's yeah. he if he gets dropped, it's mind boggling because players like Rourke Smith, Lipinski, Zane Cordy are just not performing to this no. standard at the moment. No, they're and, really not. And he's actually stepping up, Brad Lynch, which is good to see. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I think we might move on to the last of the Saturday games, which was, uh, unfortunately, your mob getting smashed 102 to 48. Oh, this is always going to happen. Yeah, I mean... We, we don't play Darwin well. No, and, and realistically, if this game was played in uh, Melbourne or in Perth, Melbourne probably would have won by about 150 points. Yeah. They were that far ahead in the game since, and just also, the amount of inside 50s, there was a landslide to Melbourne. It's just... You couldn't really mark the ball up there. It was, I think, it's always really sweaty and sticky. Yeah, yeah, Maxi Gorn said it was like a bar of soap after the game. Maxi Gorn, by the way, his he, interviews are amazing. If you get a chance to watch his post-match interviews, he is absolutely brilliant. I love <laughs> listening to Max. I think Ben Dixon was interviewing, yeah, and uh, just as he finished the interview, he said, "Good boy, Digger." That's <laughs> <laughs> great. Oh, it's he brilliant. Is brilliant. Yeah. Um, so from the uh, the Melbourne side of things. Obviously, some big scores in there. They had a uh, 10-player score over 90. Uh, Clayton Oliver, the biggest of those, with 141. He's had a good month. He, I mean, he's had a good year. Clayton Oliver is going to be a gun. I yeah. mean, he's already a, an absolute champ, but he is going to be one of the best fantasy footballers going ahead. Would you consider him in salary cap? Yeah. As yeah. a bit of a point of difference? Yeah, for sure. Why not? I mean, especially if you're... Go if you you think you're going to make finals, so mm-hmm. but you're sitting around about seventh or sixth, seventh or eighth. Yep. You're looking for something different because if your team is too similar to those guys at the top, exactly. Yeah. My money says their point of differences to you are better than yours. So 
this could be something a little bit different. Yep. So Oliver is seven hundred and ten thousand. Yep. Which is sort of that same price range we were talking about earlier for Gibbs and whoever the other and Crouch. person was. Crouch. Yep. Um, Crouch Beams. Yes. Sorry, that's right. Yep. Beams. Um, I would. Oh, I prefer Oliver over over Beams. beams. Yep. I'd almost prefer him over Gibbs as well because his low scores are usually in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly, I, I love Clayton Oliver. So if you can find a way to get him into your team as well, he's another great yeah. option. Currently and, owned by six point three percent of teams. Yeah. Who are Melbourne playing next week though? Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Uh, there we go. Clayton Oliver is a great choice. Love it. Um, yeah. Maxi Gorn. I hope you captained him instead of Tom Mitchell. A lot of people were choosing between that this week. It wouldn't have been the worst decision, actually. Uh, it was a great decision. 124 is a really mm. solid score there. And Angus Brayshaw proving that you need to get him into your defensive line as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Yeah. Playing too much through the midfield. Yeah, he's playing a pure midfield yeah. role. And enjoy this because he won't be a defender again. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Next year, he is a midfielder out and out. Yep. Uh, Christian Petrarca. Good for draft owners because he has been poor this year. Yeah. He is a little bit of a downhill skier. so yes, he definitely, yeah. Yeah, so hopefully for keeper league owners especially, he does continue to develop that side of his game and tries to be more competitive in those tight games or the losses. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's what you'd be looking for him for the remainder of the year in keeper leagues. Uh, Jack Viney, solid score. Christian Salem as well was very good. Good for Salem owners because he's been shite the last two weeks. It hasn't been great. Uh, Billy Stretch, 97 for him. He tends to score reasonably well when he comes in and then trails off after a yeah. few weeks and then they drop him. Yeah, he had a 54 last week, I think, or, or in his only other game this Round year. Round seven. Round seven. Whew. I mean, they have the bullies this week. They do. So it'll be interesting to see if team sheets aren't changed and he's on your waiver wire, go and grab him. Why not? I reckon he'll score particularly well. Yep, he is currently owned by only 15% of Ultimate Footy teams. Oh, sounds like a risk it for a biscuit chance. <laughs> Maybe. Well, well, well. <laughs> it's, um, Bailey Fritch, 77. It's If you've still got him in your salary cap leagues, it is time to move him on. He is struggling a little bit more with this uh, forward role that he's mm. playing to score very well in these massive uh, like wins for the Ds. So if you obviously own him in a draft league, still keep him. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But if, if you own him in salary cap, it's time to start yep, moving So on. he's 569,000, owned by 26% of teams, break even of 105. Mate, you can pretty much, with 30k, you can go straight to wing guard with him. Yeah. That, that's a good move. I if like you want to make some money, if you're desperate for a trade somewhere else, yep. you can make 70k or so by going to Crozier as well. Yep. So yep. both good options. Um, yeah, so who else do we want to talk about? Hibbard was tagged. Which is Seriously? so frustrated. Yeah, he was. I was tagged. wondering why because he started Banfield. Well. Had Banfield tagged Hibbard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've always thought that Banfield was that inside tagging mid. That I honestly thought he would go to Clayton Oliver and that would be a good matchup. Maybe, yeah. maybe even to. I mean, I know how much dang, damage Jack Viney does as well on the inside. Yeah, it might have been Jack Viney. They tagged Hibbard, who. Not only he's not even their best user off half. He's not. He's not even. Oh, Salem would be their best user. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I have no idea what Ross Lyon was doing. It was a very interesting choice, and the Dockers lost by fifty and could have lost by a hundred if there was better conditions. So that's bizarre. Right. I, I think he might straighten that up next week. Uh, on the speaking of the Dockers, uh, Stephen Hill was the only one to crack the ton, which is frustrating. Of course, mm. uh, it's it's always going to be a struggle without Sandy and Fife. Um, and that's obviously, I mean, that was a big blow last week, losing five for a lot of fantasy owners. Yeah, Really, really tough. Yeah. Um, Hill, was he still playing that half-back role? 
I didn't get a chance to watch <clears throat> this game, but I, I think that he was playing more through the middle, actually. It would yeah. make sense with five out. Yeah, he it will he be was int- playing playing inside mid. There we go. Okay. So it will be interesting to see what his position is for next year. Yeah. Um Tom Sheridan's been pretty pretty good for draft owners who picked him up off the waiver wire. So yeah, yeah he's had Good pick up there. A few weeks. Yeah. And Adam Chera, once again, is chiming in with a really solid score. 94. You are super happy with that from a first-year player. Mm. So if you picked him up in your keeper league draft, or if you picked him up even better off the waiver wire in your keeper leagues, you're you're definitely a happy person right now. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Michael Walters. Now, I know how big a Walters fan you are for fantasy. This is disappointing. Yeah. He should be doing better than this with Fife out. Yeah. um, I, I mean, it was a big loss for them. The worry is how many more big losses are Frio going to have in the back end of the year mm. um, without Fife and Sandy. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I honestly don't have the faith to bring in Walters. And if you do have Michael Walters in your side I and you don't have too much else to do in terms of injuries or rookie upgrades, I have no issue with sideways trading Michael Walters out of your salary yeah, cap. So he's 563,099 is his break-even, owned by 6.16% of teams. He's got Port this week, mm. um, so you wouldn't think he's going to score particularly well in that game. Not overly. Um, yeah, I think oh, there is there is a chance that he could be okay, mm. but I think you have... Some better options there. Yeah, I, I'd say I'd say move them on myself. Yeah. There's a little bit too much risk there for me. Uh, we'll move on to the next game, which was uh, North Melbourne and the Suns. Uh, I'm, yeah, it's just another one just of those games. Just before we do, what? Yeah. did you guys talk about Ed Langdon last week? Am I remembering We that? did, yeah. Correctly? I mean, he's having a good, a, a really, really he's good year. still feeling salary cap? Uh, I'm worried about salary cap now, seeing how he plays in a big loss without Fife and Sandy. He, so, he's playing... Uh, and like a natural wing position he as well. Is. So he, he is, needs yeah. someone to feed the ball out to him. Yeah, so it, it's always going to be a struggle. Yeah. Um, and he gets a lot of plus sixes, so maybe the conditions weren't suited to him. Yeah. But if you did bring him in in salary cap, because I know you... you uh, I, was, I, I was a big fan of it, but sometimes uh, other things come up and you have to rethink things. So um, if Fife and Sandy hadn't been uh, or had been injured back then, I wouldn't have said bring in Ed Langdon because... Like you say, he does need someone to get it out to him. He needs yep. and a little bit less attention as well. They are going to pay closer to attention to him now. So, yeah, that's that's tough for Ed Langdon owners out there. Um, yeah, so North Melbourne and Suns. Uh, North Melbourne got ahead in this game. The Suns were in with a chance, but just couldn't capitalize when they needed to. And then Stephen May gave away a cheap free kick and the, the kangaroos just rolled with it. As Stephen May does. Uh, 100%. Uh, Toddy Goldstein, top scorer for the game. This is another one that pisses me off after get rid of, getting rid of him. <laughs> but realistically, I would much rather have uh, Brody Grundy in my team than Todd Goldstein every single day of the week. There is likewise. Yeah, um, this was nice for me because I still do have him though. <laughs> yeah, this, that that is a one hundred percent forced keep through yeah, the entire year. Oh man. <clears throat> um, but yeah, no. But Tony Goldstein has had some better games of late, so that's that's it, good to see. Yeah, he actually has been sort of tracking upwards with his scores, mm. not to a not to the obviously the level where you prefer him over any of those other big name guys. No, no. But, well, I mean, Brody Grundy's averaging the second highest amount for the entire year, I believe, and uh, Todd Goldstein prior to this 132 was averaging 87. So this that's yeah, just not enough. <laughs> it's yeah. almost 35 points less. Yeah. Um, what have uh, we got here? Scotty well, Thompson, you can kind of disregard that. Nah, there's a lot of guys who are just deep draft guys. We always say that with North Melbourne. I mean, uh, Ben Cunnington, Cunnington he's a in point. good player. Um, Brilliant draft guy. But 
he's a draft guy. Trent Dumont, no. This is good score for the month. Yeah, exactly. Just just no to Trent Dumont. Uh, Lukey McDonald, good score from him. I really want Luke McDonald to put it together because he has all the attributes to be a great draft player. He just doesn't seem to play the role enough. Yeah. I mean, the, co- the correct role. And maybe another downside is he plays for North Melbourne who aren't generally the most fantasy-friendly They're side. They're not a high-position team. No. Um... Yeah, we'll see what happens there. But if you own him in a keeper league, it's a it's a wait and see for Luke. You McDonald. still hold him. I, yeah. I have high hopes for him still. Yeah, uh, and Robbie Tarrant, another one. So the back line just racked it up. The yeah. Gold Coast just pumped it out of their own uh, defensive fifty, and the North Melbourne were just too well set up in the back line. Yeah, uh, um, Ahern, three hundred and fifty k, break even of fourteen, <laughs> owned by thirty four percent of teams. Oh, you just hold him. Hold him. He's yeah. doing great. At the he's moment. doing great. Um, just like to give a quick shout out to any of the IT engineers over at AFL Fantasy for the app. Mate, you just need to fix some things up because I know that the app has been annoying a lot of people this year. There have been a, a couple of bugs every now and then, some late updates, uh, which is always annoying. But, you know, when I set an emergency on Friday and that emergency has changed after lockout or just before lockout and I haven't been able to check my phone... That's just frustrating. When you've got a donut because your emergency was because this is not reset. Yeah, no exactly. Reason. That that's just frustrating. So, <laughs> <we're>, <laughs> do you feel better getting that off the, your chest? Well, I feel like I could use a lot uh, harsher words, but I don't want to put an e on this uh, this podcast. <laughs> so we'll leave it at that, shall we? Um, Fair enough. Ryan Clark, ninety three, good score from him. Uh, Jed Anderson's another one that we we liked in draft leagues a few weeks back. Uh, the downside of this was Sean Higgins was roundly tagged by uh, Sexton, actually, uh, clamped down on him pretty well. So, hmm. um, yeah, 75 from Sean Higgins. I was yeah. never in the boat of bringing him in for salary cap. No, I didn't. I wasn't on board as a salary cap no. guy. I like him as from draft, but yeah. not salary cap. If, so if you bought Sean Higgins into your salary cap team, get get rid of Sean Higgins. Just, <laughs> just do it. Um, on the Gold Coast side of things... Uh, wits. Wits, I mean... That's actually quite cool. Goldie and Wits were the uh, two yeah, high very scorers. Super- oh, it's very cool unless you take on someone in a draft league who owns both Goldie and Wits like I did this weekend. Oh, shit, you did, didn't you? Yeah, and I thought that they would be cancelled out. At <laughs> least one of them might be cancelled out. That's usually what happens. But no, one, both scored over 124. So that's... 250 points between them. That's just hurtful. That's your weekend gone. That is my weekend gone. Uh, <laughs> so, Took Miller as well had 104, which was a really solid score for him. Um, like we say, in a lot of these Gold Coast losses, they do the scoring drops off dramatically. So from there, yeah. it's good to see Jack Martin score better, mm. especially for keeper league owners out there who are looking for a glimmer of hope. I do like Martin. He's yeah. good. Martin's got all the capabilities to, to be a great fantasy player, but yeah. he probably he's another one of those who just needs to play for a different team almost. Like if he played for yeah. a better team with someone who could take some... Uh, some uh, you know attention away from him, mm. he would be a very very or, good player. Or where his team just has more of the ball. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Lockie Weller as well is another one. It's good to see him score a bit better. He's, He's been building nicely. Tracking last few upwards. Weeks. Yeah. Tracking upwards. Keep an eye on him for next year. I think Lockie Weller if he yeah. can fit into this team a little bit better. Um, and a young Will Powell as well. He was the uh, uh, was it Will Powell? Yeah, yeah I think Will he Powell. was the one uh, who was you know. A massive, massive um, uh, rocket last year in the draft for... I think he snuck up to about pick 18 or something and he wasn't expected to go anywhere before 30. Yep. 
So uh, he actually played a pretty good game. So yep. int- I think this is his second game, maybe. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he pans out because he is a pretty good inside midfielder. Yeah, forward mid for um, salary cap two hundred fifty nine thousand, mm-hmm. break even of nineteen. So you probably already missed the boat on him. To yeah, be honest. But yeah, absolutely. He's not going to score quite high enough, but has been looking good. Unfortunately, he was drafted too high, and he was he was already a bit expensive. So. Yeah. Um, now, a question for you, <coughs> yes. without notice, that I've actually only just thought of, so right. it might be completely pointless. All right. Um, like all of our questions. <laughs> basically, yeah. So, from a keeper perspective, yep. if your year is already gone mm-hmm. and your waivers have not been locked, yep. there is a chance that you may be looking at potential guys to look at and yeah, stash and just see what, what they're going to do for the rest of the year. For the, the rest year. of the year, uh-huh. Now, Will Brody, owned by 25% of Leeds. Love it, yep. Good option. I've always liked Will Brody. Yeah, but my thing is, you would have thought he would have already been getting games this year. Why yeah. leave it until this late in the year to bring him in? Well, second year Blues, maybe St- uh, Stewie Doo was trying to you know, prove a point. Maybe there was some level of professionalism. Or even my worry, almost, is uh, Stewie Doo obviously was a coach at Sydney. Yep. I'm not 100% sure, but I think that he was the midfield coach at Sydney. The midfield I assistant no coach. I have no idea. He might have been. Um, I might be wrong there, so correct me if I am. Anyone out there uh, uh, on Twitter. Um, but if he what was, was it that Brody was saying last week? Send abusive tweets. Send, do not send abusive <laughs> tweets. But if you do, send them to extended bench mat. Um, so, uh, but yeah, so if he was the midfield coach at um, Sydney... Keep in mind that he would have been the midfield coach around when uh, Tom Mitchell was being dropped regularly for not running enough both ways. I wonder uh, if Will yeah. Brody is getting a little bit of that. Um, Maybe. Well, the thing is, I don't think we've even seen enough of him to know if he doesn't run. No, both but the same ways. thing happened with Tom Mitchell. I mean, he played a few games in his first year and looked really, really good, and then for his second and third years, he was just dropped. But you always randomly. had the feeling that he was going to be a good True. fantasy player. Oh, he, he showed like, a bit more. Brody, I'm with you. I think that Will Brody is going to be a good player, but we haven't seen enough to actually base that on anything. Yeah, that's so true. That I'm is true. just, yeah, just wanted to know whether you think he might be someone worthy of stashing to no. see what can what he Very can do. Very interesting. Um, and if uh, anyone else out there listening has any other ideas for stashable players they want our thoughts on, like I said, give us a message on Twitter. We'll be glad to let you know. Uh, we're going to move on to the second last game of the round, mm-hmm. uh, which was Collingwood versus the Bombers. This was a really good game, actually. It was really good. Pies yeah. just snuck away in the end. And in terms of fantasy, not as big a fantasy game for considering it was a Collingwood Essendon game. I thought this was going to be huge. The, look, the, but still, some good scores. Top heavy g- scores. Yes. There's a lot of good scores there, and mm-hmm. then they drop away a fair bit. Yeah, I honestly thought for a Collingwood game against Essendon, it might be, you know, another 10 or 12 players scoring over 100. That's something ridiculous like 10 that. 10 or 12, that is ridiculous. Oh, they've done it before, Collingwood. I know, but... <laughs> but, but it is ridiculous when they do. <laughs> yeah. Um, Brody Grundy, 122. Don't need to say anything more about him. Yep. Gun. Um, Scotty Pendlebury is absolutely someone that you can bring in. I would, in, in salary cap, I would absolutely say he's worthy of top eight midfield status. Um, especially given some of the up and down midfielders we've had this year, and also the injuries, he's always kind of sitting around that top ten mark. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, with stuff going on, he may be able to push up. He's six hundred and eighty k, so he's underpriced as well. No, Breaking of ninety nine and owned by five point four percent of teams. Oh, it's underpriced point of difference. I love it. So he's cheaper than those guys we were talking about earlier. Absolutely love it. Uh, Steel side bottom. Good after a poor game last week on his debut for my team, which <laughs> eighty one was. <laughs> I mean, it's not terrible, but you hope for better with a premium midfielder. Like, yeah, I think that he may have got a bit of attention in this game as well, actually, because he started off a lot, 
quicker with his scoring and then yeah. slowed down as yeah. the game went on. So um, that, that quite often happens with a lot of those outside players as well. Like they'll start off really quick and then they'll send the, the clamps yeah, on them. They're like, oh, we need to shut this time. guy down. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Degoe has been great for draft league owners after just exploding midway through the season. He's been terrific. Yeah. Uh, and then a massive drop off. So Taylor Adams, 90. I'm still of the opinion that Taylor Adams is going to be the beneficiary of uh, Trelaw being out. I think yes. he's going to get it. I can see the argument. Yeah. Um, before Trelaw got injured, I was really concerned about Adams scoring um, potential moving forward because there's just the amount of mouths to feed in there. Yeah. I think he may be the one of the beneficiaries. Mm. So I think he'll probably sit around that 100-point mark for the rest yeah. of the year. Um, but I'm just not sure if there's going to be... That upswing towards 110. Yeah, I think there might be higher ceilings from other guys. You I like it. At. Yeah, good call. Um, uh, he wasn't helped exactly by... I think it was three or four free kicks he gave away as well. So well, that's, that would have put him right on that 90. Yeah, so uh, that 99 mark. Um, which was unfortunate. Uh, really disappointing game from Jack Crisp, actually. So... Mm. Jack Crisp from memory. Oh, does this mean we get to do the uh, the halfback run around? All right, we'll do the halfback run. We around. haven't done this for a while. No, we haven't actually. Uh, so halfback run around. Uh, Jeremy Howe and Tom Langdon uh, were the the best scorers realistically from eighty five uh, and eighty three respectively. Yeah, Collingwood. Braden Maynard just closely uh, following with eighty two. Then and we drop down to Crisp sixty seven. Sharonberg sixty three. Main 53, because he plays as a defender now for some pretty, reason. <laughs> for some reason. Um, and that's all of them, I think. Yeah, pretty much. So, so about uh, a 50-50 split. Yeah, it's so tough with Collingwood, because there's no guaranteed high scorer in that back line anymore. No. I mean, Jack Crisp would be the top of the list for me. Yeah, I agree. But even he's had a couple of bad games in the last three weeks. So. When he goes bad, he goes quite bad. Yeah, so... Um, and Sharonberg has had his really high games this year, really good games, and then he's had some poor games. He's been really hit and miss. So, yeah, it's, it's tough to say with the Collingwood halfback line. You've yeah, basically just got to cross your fingers and hope. Pretty much. Uh, quick word on Braden Sia. Uh, I mean, that's a solid-ish game for him. Magpies won. He should keep his spot on the side, particularly with uh, yeah. Will Hoskin Elliott and Flynn Appleby likely to miss this week. Um, yes. So Appleby did his hamstring. Appleby and is def- definitely out. And I'm not sure. It was like a knock to the knee for Hoskin Elliott. I'm not 100% sure. I think in the post-match interview, Buckley said it was bone bruising or something like that. Oh, so he could come he back, might but they come might up. give him like, a little... He, he did play after the injury. He went yeah. off for a bit, then came back <clears> on, and then sort of chopped and changed a little bit so yeah. he, he might be good to play it, it's an important game against West Coast as well in terms of Collingwood's year so he probably every likelihood to play this week um, on the Bombers side of things massive score from Dev Smith 150 was huge yeah, I mean he was have. everywhere he's, uh, he's just a must have bring him in if you don't have him you're not doing the game right um, you're not playing the game right. Uh, Zach Merritt's 124 as well. We said last week this is the real deal again. Yeah, he's come good. This this has put the full stop on that. So great game from Zach Merritt. And then from 124, there's no 97. other scorers above 100. So just disappointing from some of the other Essendon players. Uh, is there anyone that you actually um, want to pick out? And Let's see. They're all kind of draft guys. Yeah, Matt, Matt Guelphie you need to move on if you still have Matt Guelphie oh, in your absolutely, side. Absolutely, yeah. Do you want sure his that he's numbers? Gone. Not really. I mean, he's cool. he's hasn't met his break even from last week. He's losing you cash. Get rid of him. Yep, move him on. Um, yeah, Goddard. Nah, not still, a top nah, six. Defender. Not a top six guy. And uh, same with Michael Hurley. For we've had a Agreed. lot of listeners actually mention Michael Hurley being a potential point of difference yes. defender. Yes, I, he was awesome last year. 
Michael Hurley 2018 no. is not a top six defender. Absolutely not. It's, it's He's not even a top eight defender as a point of difference. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think. No. I haven't got the numbers no, in front no, of me. He's, but... he's not. He's absolutely not a top eight defender. So I think Shannon Hearn is averaging more than him this year. Yeah. And to be honest, and he's I a would, safer pick. I would be more comfortable with Shannon Hearn. He's comfortably scoring around about 95 almost every single week, yeah. which is strange to say from a fantasy point of view. Absolutely. Um, so I think we might actually move on to the last game of the round from there because there's not too Alrighty. much else to speak this of. This was another good game. Oh, this was a cracker. And, uh, going to see it in the box live at Optus Stadium for the first time was <laughs> brilliant. Just to rub it in one more time to you, Matt. Yeah, I'm sure it was awesome. Uh, well, free drinks. How can you lose, mate? Um, so West Coast just got up over the Giants in a, a really tight clash. Um, but more importantly, some big fantasy scores <laughs> come out of this game. Scores. I mean... All right, the two big ones, obviously, for West Coast were Gaff and Redden, um, both on different trajectories fantasy-wise as well. So for Gaff, I'm, I said it last week, um, and I'll say it again this week, Gaff is a must-have. In the yeah. form he's in, the way he's scoring as well, because he's getting inside a bit more. Um, he's playing pretty complete games. Yeah. He's playing Collingwood next week, who don't tag. Mm. I mean... I, I just don't see a reason why you wouldn't bring him in. Yeah, so he's 773k. He's owned by 12.89% of teams, and his break-even is 88. And like you said, he's playing Collingwood. What's he averaging, sorry? Do you, do you have his average there? 113. 113. That's huge. He's one of the few mids who are actually pumping out regu- regularly 110+. plus. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think he is someone you need to find a way to get in. Yeah, well, I bought him in last week, and I was a little bit worried because I'm still thinking Gaff, you know, outside he wing. He can be shut down. Really stressed about this. 146 has eased yep. my nerves. And Collingwood is a good game to bring him in for as well. Absolutely. Jack Redden for draft league owners who really held on through that poor middle part of the season is just rewarding you in spades at the minute. He's regularly, mm. before this game, been scoring about 95 to 100, somewhere in there. Something safe for your last yep. spot in your midfield. And 143, he has the ability to do this. So, <laughs> yeah, hopefully... This starts off another really good run for Jack Redden. Fingers crossed. Sheed is still out of the side, isn't he? Yeah, I don't know if Sheed is going to come back in anytime soon. If Redden continues to play like this, then they don't need Sheed in there right now. Yeah, I suppose that the the worry for Sheed would be maybe... Or the worry for maybe Dan Venables would be Sheed coming in. Someone like that. Venables plays forward. Sheed's not a forward. forward, yeah. Archie plays a little bit more forward as well. So Archie would be more likely to come in than Sheed for Venables. Yeah, true. And Hutchings is doing a, ro- a job as well. He's playing a role. So yeah. Hutchings probably keeps his spot. Um, yeah. yeah, interesting though. Uh, Nick Nat as well. A couple of massive marks. 41 hitouts, 115 points. Good draft guy. Yeah, but if you still have him in salary cap, which I think a few teams still do. Really? Yeah, well, I mean, they may be ghost ship teams uh, with him as a mid-pricer. Um, but yeah, if you still somehow have Nat Nui in your salary cap team, just look to get rid of him. I'd say to be diehard West Coast fans who have uh, uh, auto-filled their team with West Coast players almost, oh, probably. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Elliot Yo, good bounce back from him. We said, Brody and I called last week that Elliot Yo won't be playing in defense again, and you he won't. Quite right. <laughs> 118 was a great score. Um, and then, like I say, some draft league guys who are doing well. Jamie Cripps with 98. Really good draft player this year yeah Shannon Hearn uh, I mean he's awesome draft player this very, year very very good if you got him you're laughing yeah um, Luke Shuey with 96 is a better score from him after a really poor time Luke Shuey is another one to keep a really close eye on for next year as a mid-pricer 
Hmm. I feel like though we were saying that this time last year. No, 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 no. We didn't say as a mid pricer for next year. We just he hadn't done quite as well. I didn't want him as a mid pricer because he was just a bit too expensive. But he's averaging under eighty at the moment. Hmm. So with those injuries and with those poor scores coming back from injury, true, true. If he's priced at eighty, Luke Shuey should easily average ninety five. I next think year. so. Yeah. Which is a, so you're going to make a lot of cash next year. But again, looking into the future. Uh, yeah, anyone else you want to pick out from West Coast side there? Um, no, not really. Uh, Mike, just a quick word on Oscar Allen. Keep an eye on this kid for keeper leagues. Don't bring him in. You don't need to bring him in just yet. But he is going to be a very good player. If he's playing the role that best suits him, which is leading half forward, mm-hmm. he is going to be a really good fantasy player because he does rack up a fair bit of the ball. Um, yep. How does he? All right. So, as a West Coast fan, how do you see him fitting into the team with Kennedy, Darling as obviously the two focal points in the forward line, yep. and then Waterman and Brander almost competing for that same role with? Um, well, it's going to be tough with but Allen. I think that uh, Oscar Allen on ability is better than Waterman, mm-hmm. so he would sneak probably ahead of Waterman if he gets regular games. Uh, yep. Brander, I think they were actually developing him as a back as well before all these injuries. Oh, so okay, then. they brought him in as a forward because he can definitely play forward, but yeah. they were in the waffle developing him more as a back. Gotcha. So uh, it'd be interesting to see. It's just like Oscar Allen. He was drafted as a forward. He mm. played his um, underage career as a forward slash midfielder. Yeah. And he, they played him back because we didn't want Yo back there. And, you know, they're going to have to switch McGovern back as well because he's pretty useless. Yeah. It'll in the be interesting line. to see if they switch those two this week. Yeah, it will. I'd be curious to see how he goes up yeah. forward. Uh, for the opposition, uh, Giants had some good scorers as well. Timmy Taranto bounced back with 114. Very good. It's really good to see for keeper owners especially. Terrific. Uh, mm-hmm. Lockie Whitfield, again, proving he's a top six back. I mean... I think you just kind of have to have him. It's good that he's scoring over 100 in a loss as well. Yeah. Because he's one of those players that you worry about uh, not getting enough of the ball if the Giants aren't winning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tomlinson, good score from him, but no, no. <laughs> just just no. <laughs> he was kind of forced to play key forward just because of the... The, the pattern injury, yeah. Line. Uh, well, maybe keep an eye on it. If Tomlinson has another good score next week, maybe the role will suit his scoring. Yeah, I'm curious to see what they do with their forward line because um, Cameron's obviously still a few weeks away. Um, I think they'll keep Lobb as a key forward and yeah. keep Dawson and Simpson in the ruck. Agreed. But whether Tomlinson, Tomlinson can pump this sort of... or not this sort of score, but whether he can pump out a decent score week mm. by week. Because you'd think he'd be on a lot of waivers. Oh uh, Yeah, he absolutely would be on a lot of waivers. So, yeah, just one to keep an eye on. Um Stephen Cornelio, good score from him. Uh, Josh Kelly was uh, pretty well held in the end by Mark Hutchings. Um, yeah. Only got an 89. You're not... I mean, it's not a good score. You're not happy with it, but you'll take it and move on. So. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, not, No course for panic yet. Not like a 61 from Ed Curnow or something like that this week in particular. Exactly. Um, and from there on in, there's not too many others I want to talk about. The de- debutant Brett Daniels didn't do anything particularly amazing. Had a 34, so... I liked his touches. Yeah, no. And he, he was busy early on and then sort of faded out of the game. But, so I'm hoping he keeps his spot. <clears throat> but from a fantasy point of view and from salary caps, you know, there's other guys to look at if you want to make a bit of money with some rookies, I would suggest. Uh, obviously, Brad Lynch would be the big one for yeah, me. Yeah, Lynch, but besides him... Well, yeah, I mean, realistically, at this point of the year, you're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel. You can almost start bringing in some guys that aren't really even playing, just those bottom-priced guys. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, well, that's the uh, the podcast for this week, the first part at least. We'll uh, mm-hmm. we'll be back with part two with our mailbag, answering some of your questions off of Twitter. And after having last week off, we'll absolutely play Risk It for the Biscuit. I, I do like the fact that um, I'm not in for a week and all of a sudden we have a mailbag. Oh, we do. We have a mailbag. <laughs> absolutely. So uh, we'll be answering some of the questions in the mailbag segment. Uh, so join us shortly for part two.